Chapter Two of the Combined Maze by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Two. All that winter, Ransom's nights and days were regulated in a perfect order, making statements of account for nine hours on five days of the week and four on Saturdays three evenings for the poly gym one for the swimming bath one for sprinting one saturday for rest or relaxation after the violence of rugger one sunday for the improvement of the mind on sundays he was very seldom good for anything else but in the spring of nineteen two something stirred in him something watched and waited with a subtle agitation a vague and delicate excitement it exulted and aspired the sensation or whatever it was had as yet no separate existence of its own so perfect in this spring of nineteen twos was the harmony of ransom's being that the pulse of the unborn thing was one with all his other pulses it was one indistinguishably with the splendour of life the madness of running and the joy he took in his own remarkable performances on the horizontal bar it had the effect of heightening mysteriously and indescribably the joy the madness and the splendour and it was dominant insistent like some great and unintelligible motif it ran ringing and sounding through the vast rhythmic tumult of physical energy not for a moment did he connect it with the increasing interest that he took in the appearance of the young ladies of the poly gym he was not aware how aware he was of their coming nor how his heart thumped and throbbed and his nerves trembled at the tramp tramp of their feet along the floor for sometimes it might be twice a year the young men and the young women of the gymnasium met and mingled in a grand display he was fairly well used to it and yet he had never got over his amazement at finding that girls those things of constitutional and predestined flabbiness could do very nearly though not quite everything that he could leaving him little besides his preeminence on the horizontal bar and yearly the regiment of girls who could do things at the poly increased under his very eyes their invasion disturbed him in his vision of their flabbiness it rubbed it into him the things that they could do not but what he had felt it he had felt them all about him outside in the streets where they jostled him and in the world made mostly of mahogany the world of counters and of desks of pens where they too were herded and shut up and compelled like him to toil queer things girls for they seemed incomprehensibly to like it their liking it their business-like assumption of equality their incessant appearance authorized it is true by business at the railings of his pen the peculiar disenchanting promiscuity of it all preserved young ransom in his eccentricity of indifference to their sex in fact if you tried to talk about sex to young ransom and mercier did try he would denounce it as silly goat's talk and your absorption in it as the most mutton-headed form of flabbiness yet out but that was before the grand display of the autumn of last year when winnie diamond appeared in the march past of section one of the women's gymnasium before he had followed winnie as she ran at top speed through all the turnings and windings of the combined maze there were about fifty of them picked all attired in black stockings and dark blue knickerbockers and in tunics that reached to the knee red belted and trimmed with red stunning he called them so much so that they fair took away his breath 
that was what he said when it was all over by that time he was ashamed to confess that at the moment of its apparition the march past had been somewhat of a shock to him he had his ideas and he was not prepared for the uniform still less was he prepared for a personal encounter with such quantities of young women all at once all sorts of girls sturdy and slender girls queer girls with lean wiry bodies deceptive girls with bodies curiously plastic under the appearance of fragility here a young miracle of physical culture there a girl with the pointed breasts and flying shoulders the limbs the hips the questing face that recalled some fugitive soul of the woods and mountains long-nosed sallow nervous jewish girls english girls with stolid colourless faces here and there a face rosy and full-blown or a pretty tilted profile and a wonderful elaborate head of hair one or two of these heads positively lit up the procession with their red and gold gave it the splendour and beauty of a pageant they came on single file and double file and four abreast the long line doubling and turning upon itself all alike in the straight drop of the arms to the hips the rise and fall of their black stockinged legs the arching and pointing of the feet all deliciously alike in their air of indestructible propriety here you caught one leashing an iniquitous little smile in the corners of her eyes under her lashes or one aware of her proud beauty and bearing herself because of it with the extreme of indestructible propriety there were no words to express young ransome's indifference to proud beauty if he found something tender and absurd in the movements of all these long black stockings it was for the sake and on account of the long black stockings worn by little winnie diamond winnie diamond was not proud neither was she what he supposed you would call beautiful she was not one of those conspicuous by their flaming and elaborate hair what he first noted in her with wonder and admiration was the absence of weediness and flabbiness better known she stirred in him as a child might an altogether indescribable sense of tenderness and absurdity she stood out for him simply by the fact that of all the young ladies of the polytechnic she was the only one he really knew barring maudie hollis and maudie though she was the proud beauty of the polytechnic didn't count for maudie was earmarked so to speak as the property when he could afford a place to put her in of fred booty ransome would no more have dreamed of cultivating an independent acquaintance with maudie than he would of pocketing the silver cup that booty won in last year's hurdle race it was because of maudie and at booty's irresistible request that he the slave of friendship had consented unwillingly and perfunctorily at first to become miss diamond's cavalier maudie also at booty's passionate appeal had for six months shared with winnie diamond a room off wandsworth high street so that as he put it he might feel that she was near him with a desolating result that they weren't by any means no not by a long chalk so near for maudie out of levity or sheer exuberant kindness of the heart had persuaded winnie diamond to join the polytechnic in her proud beauty and in her affiant state she could afford to be exuberantly kind and booty in his vision of nearness had been counting on the long journey by night from regent street to wandsworth high street alone with maudie and though miss diamond practically effaced herself it wasn't with a girl of maudie's temperament the same thing at all for maudie in company was apt to be a little stiff and standoffish in her manner 
then one afternoon in the autumn of last year it was booty sounded ransom finding himself alone with him in the mahogany pen when the senior clerks were at their tea i say he said there's something i want you to do for me and ransom in his recklessness his magnificence said right o he said afterward that he had gathered from the expression of his friend's face that his trouble was financial a matter of five bob or fifteen at the very worst and you could trust boots to pay up any day so that he was properly floored when boots in a thick earnest voice explained the nature of the service he required that he ransom should go with him nightly to a convenient corner of oxford street and there collar that kid winnie diamond and lug her along do you mean asked ransom walk home with her well yes that booty intimated was about the size of it she was a wandsworth girl and they'd got he supposed all four of them to get there he was trying to carry it off to give an air of inevitability to his preposterous proposal but as young ransom's face expressed his agony booty became almost abject in supplication he didn't know ranny didn't what it was to be situated like he booty was booty wanted to know how he'd feel if it was him to be gone on a girl like he was and only see her of an evening and then not be able to get any nearer her because of having to make polite remarks to that wretched kid she was always cartin around at that rate he might just as well not be engaged at all to maudie better engage himself to the bloomin kid at once it wasn't as if he had a decent chance of being spliced for good in a year or two's time his evenings and his sundays and so forth were jolly well all he'd got it was all very well for ransom he wasn't gone on a girl else he'd know how irritating it was to the nerves and if ranny hadn't got the spunk to stand by a pal and see him through why then he'd cut the polly and make maudie cut it too to most of this ranny was silent for it seemed to him that boots was mad or near it but at that threat so terrible to him so terrible to the polytechnic so terrible to booty and so palpable a sign of his madness he gave in he said it was all right only he didn't know what on earth he was to say to her booty recovered his natural airiness oh he threw it off you say nothing and for the first night or so as far as ransom could remember that was what he did say and he wasn't really clever at collaring her either there was something elusive fugitive uncatchable about winnie diamond it was booty driven by love to that extremity who collared maudie and walked off with her with a suddenness and swiftness that left them stranded and amazed fair pacemaking ransom called it and winnie struggled and strove with those little legs of hers jolly little legs he knew they were too in their long black stockings strove and struggled as if her life depended on it to overtake them and it was then that ransom felt the first pricking of that sense of tenderness and absurdity he felt it again after a long silence when as they were going toward wandsworth bridge winnie suddenly addressed him you know she said you needn't trouble about me i'm not troubling he said leastways that is he hesitated and was lost you are said she with decision if you think you've got to see me home he said he thought that considering the lateness of the hour and the loneliness of the scene it was better that he should accompany her but i can accompany myself said she he smiled at the vision of miss diamond accompanying herself at eleven o'clock at night too the idea he smiled at it as if he saw in it something tender and absurd he knew of course for he was not absolutely without experience that girls said these things 
they said them to draw fellows on it was their artfulness there was a word for it ransome thought the word was cockatree but winnie diamond didn't say those things the least like that she said them with the utmost gravity and determination you might almost have thought she was offended but for the absence in her tone of any annoyance or embarrassment her tone indeed suggested serene sincerity and a sort of sympathy the serious and compassionate consideration of his painful case it was as if she had been aware all along of the frightful predicament he had been placed in by fred booty as if she divined and understood his anguish in it and desired to help him out that was evidently her idea to help him out and as it grew on him her idea it grew on him also that there was a kind of fascination about the little figure in its long dark blue coat she wasn't he supposed she wasn't pretty but he found himself agreeably affected by her he liked the queer look of her face which began with a sort of squarishness and roundness and ended with a sudden startling change of intention in a pointed chin he liked the clear sallow and faint rose of her skin and her mouth which might have been too large if it had not been so firm and fine he liked vaguely without knowing that he liked it the quietness of her brown eyes and the faint half-wondering arch above them and quite definitely he liked the way she parted her brown hair in the middle and smoothed it till it lay in two long low waves just discernible under the brim of her hat upon her forehead he did not know that long afterward he was never to see winnie diamond's eyes and parted hair without some vision of strength and profound placidity and cleanness all he said was he supposed there was no law against his occupying the same pavement and then he could have sworn that winnie's face sent a little ghost of a smile flitting past him through the night well anyhow she said you needn't talk to me unless you like and at that he threw his head back and laughed aloud and quite suddenly the moon came out and stared at them came bang up on their left above the river they were on the bridge now out of a great cloud a blazing and enormous moon it tickled him he called her attention to it and said he didn't remember that he'd ever seen such a proper whopper of a moon and with such a shine on him they hadn't half polished him he said anyone would think that things had all busted got turned bottom side upward and it was the bally old sun that was up there grinning at them through the hole he'd made the idea said winnie but she laughed at it a little shrill and irresistible titter of delight always as he was to learn her homage to ideas he had them sometimes they came on him all of a sudden like that and he couldn't help it he couldn't stop them he got them all the worse all the more ungovernably when booty lunged at him as he did with his dry up you silly blighter you but that anybody should take pleasure in his ideas that was an idea if you like to ransom they got on after that like a house on fire but only for that night for many nights that followed winnie proved more fugitive more uncatchable than ever as often as not when they arrived on oxford street she would be gone fled half an hour before them accompanying herself all the way to wandsworth once he pursued her down oxford street coming up with her as she boarded a bus in full flight and they sat in it in gravity and silence as strangers to each other but nearly always she was too quick for him she got away and never he thanked heaven for that long afterward never for a moment did he misunderstand her she made that impossible for him impossible to forget that in her and all her shyness there was no art at all of cockatry 
only her fixed and funny determination not to put upon him and so the seeing home of winnie diamond became a fascinating and uncertain game fascinating because of its uncertainty it had all the agitation and allurement of pursuit and capture if she had wanted to allure and agitate him no art of coquetry could have served her better he was determined to see winnie diamond home and all the time it grew it grew on him that sense of tenderness and absurdity he found it that ineffable and poignant quality in everything about her and in everything she did in the gravity of her deportment at the poly in her shy essaying of the parallel bars in the incredible swiftness with which she ran before him in the maze in the way her hair tied up with an immense black bow in a door-knocker plait rose and fell forever on her shoulders as she ran he found it in the fact that he had discovered that her companions called her by absurd and tender names winky and even winks they called her that was in the autumn of nineteen one and he was finding it all over again now in the spring of nineteen two at last he didn't know how it happened but one night having caught up with her after a hot chase close by the railings of the parish church in wandsworth high street in the very moment of parting from her he turned round and said look here miss diamond you think i don't like seeing you home don't you to be sure i do it must be a regular nuisance night after night she answered well it isn't he said i like it but look here if you hate it me she said it with a simple naive amazement yes you he was almost brutal but i don't what an idea well if you don't that settles it don't it and it did end of chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine